Welcome to Salisbury Sermons, a podcast ministry of First United Methodist Church in Salisbury, North Carolina. Today's sermon is a continuation through the story 2021, our discipleship emphasis for this year, where we are encountering God anew in the story of Scripture from beginning to end. The second lesson is from Romans chapter 8, verses 18 through 25. Listen with me for the word of God. I consider that the sufferings of this present time are not worth comparing with the glory about to be revealed to us. For the creation waits with eager longing for the revealing of the children of God. For the creation was subjected to futility, not of its own, not of its own will, but by the will of the one who subjected it, in hope that the creation itself will be set free from its bondage to decay and will obtain the freedom of the glory of the children of God. We know that the whole creation has been groaning in labor pains until now. And not only the creation, but we ourselves, who have the first fruits of the Spirit, groan inwardly while we wait for adoption, the redemption of our bodies. For in hope we were saved. Now hope that is seen is not hope. For who hopes for what is seen? But if we hope for what we do not see, we wait for it with patience. This is the word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. Let us pray. O Lord, thy word is a lamp unto our feet and a light unto our path. In the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, we pray. Amen. The sufferings of this present time. It's a phrase from Romans chapter 8 that just jumps off the page. And that's for a chapter in the book of Romans that really is distinguished. The whole book of Romans is power-packed with so many theological themes, too many for us to fit into one measly sermon. In Romans 8 especially, we get a sense about God's righteousness being shared with the whole world through Jesus Christ, that through faith, people first the Jews, then the Gentiles, have the ability to experience the fullness of God's power and love. Some people want to just handpick a verse here and a verse there from Romans in order to create what's been called the Romans' road to salvation, as if becoming a Christian is as simple as one, two, three. I think this might be the case for people who grow a little bit tired of the narrative form of Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. Because after all, so many people want just a a quick and easy approach. But there's so much more that the Apostle Paul is writing about here. And these, these particular verses, reflecting upon the struggles of this present time. Think about the struggles of Christians during that time. During the reign of the Roman Empire... Being a Christian was dangerous, dangerous. Under the persecution of Nero and Domitian especially, if you're found being a practicing Christian in the Roman Empire, you could very well be thrown to the lions with your bodily remnants being thrown upon a a heap of fire, smoldering. 
That was the difficulty of what it meant to be a Christian back then. And so Paul is acknowledging how difficult those hardships are. He is writing this letter to the Christians in Rome as a way to prepare for his missionary journey, wanting to help them understand with perspective what it means to be a part of God's work. I can't help but pick up on the language in Romans 8, especially these verses, the parent-child relationship. Paul talks about being children of God, about labor pains, that is, when you are anticipating beauty and life coming into this world. But he also talks about being adopted as children, meaning there was once a time that we are alienated from God, but then through the grace of Jesus Christ, we're brought into the fold. This parent-child language, I think, is, is so powerful especially in light of the struggles of this present age. Now, we need to acknowledge that the struggles of our present age, especially for us living in comfortable Salisbury, North Carolina, are altogether different than the struggles of that age. Nonetheless, there are still Christians throughout the world who are persecuted for their faith. We need to acknowledge that there is a, a tremendous difference without, however, diminishing the struggles that we have because the challenges of this present age for you and for me are real. We can't just dismiss them. We can't be tone deaf to the suffering of others. We need to acknowledge that even during such difficult times, as Paul asserts at the end of Romans chapter 8, Nothing, absolutely nothing, can separate us from the love of God in Jesus Christ our Lord. In June of 1981, a woman named Reve took her son Adam to the Sears Mall in Hollywood, Florida, located just a few blocks away from where I grew up, just two blocks away from Hollywood Hills United Methodist Church. There was a moment where she told Adam to just play over here because she was going to go check on something else. Now, Adam went to the same school, St. Mark's Lutheran, as my brother and sister and me. I didn't know him personally, but his best friend was Clifford, who lived across the street from us on North 39th Avenue. Well, on this particular day, as Reve went to go check on something, she left Adam to play the brand new Atari 2600. There were a few other boys there, and as boys might do, they got into a little bit of a tiff about whose turn it was next, caused a little bit of a scene. Security guard came, told the boys to disperse, which they did. The parents believed that Adam, being somewhat shy, just sort of kept to himself. Not sure where he went. The mom came and looked, couldn't find him. Of course, she started to panic because she was separated from her son. It turns out she bumped into none other than her mother-in-law. So the two of them searched the Sears Mall together out into the parking lot, could not find their, their beloved Adam. Finally, they called the Hollywood Police Department. The story, of course, kept on going, and it had a tragic ending. A couple of years later, 
there was a made-for-TV movie about Adam Walsh. And in the subsequent years, there has been extensive work done creating the Center for Missing and Exploited Children, bolstering the FBI's ability to collect data and search for children who are missing. If you go to a store, you might see a sticker on the door that says Code Adam as part of the training for employees to follow up on missing children in stores. But perhaps most well-known would be Adam's father, John Walsh, and his leadership in the TV show America's Most Wanted, which has helped secure thousands of children from difficult missing places to bring them back home. There are moments of redemption over the past 40 years. As difficult as that situation, as impossible as it was, as nightmarish as it continues to be for the family and for that community, but also for our, our whole country. Things shifted a little bit. There was more talk about stranger danger, more awareness about the importance of keeping an eye on one another. Fewer and fewer were children given the ability to just ride their bikes and go somewhere, right? We can look back over these 40 years and see that there were moments of redemption along the way. We can even pull back even further and see that over the big span of the past 2,000 years, there have been moments that give us a fresh glimpse of eternal glory. We still have these moments of suffering that are unspeakable. The good news of the gospel is that even though we experience such tremendous hardship and difficulty, we have reason to have hope. Did you hear what the Apostle Paul wrote? That we hope for things we can't see. We don't hope for what we can see in front of our face. That's not hope. Hope is giving our faith energy and a posture moving forward. What Paul writes is definitely in step with what the writer of Hebrews writes, chapter 11, verse 1, that faith is a substance of things unseen. It's, it's what we're hoping for, even though, even though it's not right in front of us, we have belief that it's there. When we go through suffering, we're not, we're not supposed to just compare our suffering to somebody else's suffering. Well, I don't have it as bad as that person. Paul takes a completely different approach. He says, I believe that the current suffering that we're in, it's nothing compared to the glory that we will experience eventually. Paul is redirecting our attention and helping us to have a perspective. This is so helpful for us because when a person is in the throes of anguish, that's not the time to correct them and their theology. That's the time to come alongside and, and to cry and to be with and to care. The hope for you and me is that right now, when we have perhaps just a little bit of a clear mind, 
we can see things more clearly and we can understand more dearly. This is why at the end of Romans 8, Paul says that he's convinced that nothing, absolutely nothing in all of creation can separate us from the love of God in Jesus Christ. Nothing. No power, no turmoil, nothing in life or in death. This is, this is absolutely the good news that we need on this day. Even the worst nightmare of a parent being separated from their child, not even that can separate us from the love of God. This is the hope that we have, giving us the perspective that we need to face the future unafraid. Thanks be to God. Amen. Thank you so much for joining us. As always, we ask that you would rate, review, and subscribe to us wherever you get your podcasts. And don't forget to share us with your friends. For more information about FUMC and our mission to make and nurture Christian disciples through the presence and power of God, we invite you to follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and YouTube. And please visit our website at fumcsalisbury.org.